0: What is your superpower? My name is Jessica Spall-Rosen. Welcome to More Than a Fallback, a podcast. As an employer lawyer, I advise companies on workplace issues. I get to work with people who have built a business from a place of strength, harnessing their superpower. Their stories are fascinating. So what is More Than a Fallback? It's where you know what your superpower is and apply it in business. In this podcast, business leaders answer four main questions. We ask questions one and two, what is your superpower and how did you discover it? Question three, how have you used it to overcome challenges? And finally, we're going to time travel and you visit your younger self. What advice do you give? This is more than my podcast. This is for you. This is More Than a Fallback, a podcast. Sarah Elisa Miller is more than a dancer, but it was through her love of dancing that she met a young Lynn manuel Miranda, the creator of Hamilton, when they were in college. She was the choreographer for the college premiere of In the Heights, which evolved into a Tony-winning Broadway musical and soon-to-be-released film. Now she's the director of Philanthropy and Special Projects, at 5,000 Broadway Productions, helping the Miranda family build out their strategic initiatives. Sarah and I went to high school together, and since then, she has held all kinds of jobs. Restaurant manager, university administrator, fundraiser, and more. Sarah likes to say that each job she held helped her hone her superpower. Sarah was one of the first people I interviewed for this podcast and she coined the term superpower and got me thinking about building the podcast around that theme. So I'm really grateful for her contribution to the podcast and for her friendship. There's lots of great stories in this episode. So here's Sarah Miller. You know, so welcome to the show. Cool, well, thanks um, for having me. Yeah, happy
1: to happy to have you. Um, so first, I want to hear, what is your superpower, Sarah? My superpower is taking an idea and figuring out all the nuts and bolts that need to happen to, to bring it to life. Cool. All right. So tell me, how do you use it for work today? So I am the director of philanthropy and special projects for Lynn manuel Miranda and his family. And that... Means all kinds of things. What's really exciting is that they have a lot of passions and and projects uh, in philanthropy and advocacy that um, vary from fundraising to lobbying members of Congress. And uh, I I have the great fortune to work with Lynn Manuel's dad, Luis, who is uh, has been in politics and nonprofit management for. Over 40 years, so I have someone to guide me, but he's a very big picture person, and so I get to put the nuts and bolts in place. What's the proudest moment that you've had when you were deploying your superpower? What's the thing you're most proud of professionally? By far, I've done a lot of cool things, and with Lin Manuel and his family, because frankly, when you are working with somebody that's so incredibly talented and has uh, has produced. Hamilton and other things that people love it's it's fairly easy to do exciting and fun things before Hurricane Maria which hit Puerto Rico very very hard Lynn had promised to bring Hamilton to the island which he did within the heights as well and um, after Hurricane Maria he doubled down on that and said yes we're still coming January of 2019 which would have been about Uh, 16 or 17 months after Hurricane Maria. So I worked with his father, Luis, and he had this great idea to keep as much money on the island as possible and to raise money through the the use of uh, the sale of very expensive tickets, a small group of very expensive tickets for arts on the island. So that was the big idea. And I had to figure out all the pieces to putting that together. So partnering with a local nonprofit to create the fund and what the fund would be about and how the funds would be distributed, how to raise the money, like literally the technical pieces of how do we sell these tickets when the production is not a 501c3 or nonprofit entity. So the production itself can't sell those expensive tickets that are going to charity because an individual might uh, usually wants to get that tax deduction. So all of these like really specific technical questions um and in the end it was a very stressful year or so. Um I moved my family to Puerto Rico for the month of the show and every night we hosted donors um with the goal of getting people interested in further investing in Puerto Rico and we raised about $15 million for the arts fund and then additional dollars for the Hispanic Federation's efforts on the island and then have continued to use the relationships we developed that month to promote the island. That's great. What a great story. Okay. So we're going to move to our second big question of the podcast, which is how did you discover your superpower? I thought I would be good at being a performer and a dancer. That's what I wanted to do. That's what I worked for. And I worked very hard, but it wasn't. Ultimately, I figured out uh, probably in my early 20s that it wasn't meant to be. Um, Meanwhile, in high school, I don't even remember how it happened. But I did plan a blood drive my senior year. and. I just, it all made sense to me. Like, okay, we have a blood drive. And I like knew how to figure out all the different pieces of how to make it, bring it together. And uh, I probably did that a lot through college as well. And I don't know at what point I figured out, like, this is my skill. At some point I did, but I couldn't tell you when that was.
0: <laughs> so what, at what, what moment did you discover that, being a performer wasn't your superpower.
1: I was working part-time in New York City and I was dancing part-time and I realized that I wasn't really doing anything full-on. So I wasn't dancing enough to feel like I was really training for a career and I wasn't doing anything in my work that was truly stimulating me. And then I was, I was dancing in a very famous company called Limon and there was a dancer in her forties who was the premier dancer, like the, the lead dancer of the company. And she was, happened to be talking about how when they're off season, which is about 12 or 15 weeks a year, usually they go on unemployment and she walks dogs. And I thought she, the best dancer in the company has to walk dogs at 40 plus years old to make things work? Do I want this that bad? And it really felt like I didn't. So what did you
0: do next?
1: So I had been working as an administrative assistant at the French Culinary Institute. And I said to my bosses, like, "I, I think I'm ready to move on. I'd like to do something in food. And so they helped me. And as it turned out, I had a few different interviews, but the one who panned out was at Blue Hill with Chef Dan Barber, who is now a very, very famous chef. At the time, he was kind of up and coming, but not as well known. And I was the business manager there for five or six years. Yeah, it was wonderful. Mm
0: -hmm. So so I want to ask quickly about that. So you didn't have a background in in restaurant management. So how did you end up, (laughs) you know, in that role? That's, you know, a big jump.
1: So it was a big jump. I was about 23 years old and I interviewed with Dan, who's very straightforward. And I don't know, about 20 minutes into the interview, he said, there's no reason I should give you this job. You're too young and you have you no restaurant experience. And in that moment, I thought, I don't know what I thought. I guess I think just instinctively, I thought this is not, so I'm not going to get this job, but I'm going to defend myself. So I said, well, that's true, but everybody who I've ever worked for would hire me again. And I thanked him and we parted ways. And he contacted me and said, I'd like you to meet my brother, who's one of the co-owners. And I met his brother, David, and we had a, an interview over dinner, which I do not recommend. Very nerve wracking. They did hire me. And a year later, so a year into my six years there, Dan told me that they hired me out of desperation. They figured I would last about a month enough time to replace me. Hmm. And I have to say, I guess some people might take offense at that. But for me, it was pretty clear that it was a great, I like had proven myself and that I wouldn't have gotten at the job otherwise. So like sometimes the door opens just a little bit and you got to wedge your foot in and prove yourself. Mm-hmm.
0: great. And you were there six years, you said? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, oh no, and I had I mean I still have an awesome relationship with everybody
1: there and uh it was seminal for me. Oh, that's great.
0: So how did you end up with your current gig? Uh, so
1: Lynn and I have been friends for over 20 years and I've known his family. Actually, my first job out of college was for his dad. I was a um, I helped on a state senate campaign that he was running. And um I was working at a nonprofit in Philly and Lynn called me and he said, Hey, would you ever consider coming to work for me? And it was totally out of the blue. I had no idea that they were looking for someone. And they just thought Lynn was kind of at the height of him being in Hamilton. And he was thinking, I'd really like to make the most of this. We don't know how long this, you know, very famous moment is going to last. So, let's be strategic about our philanthropy. And,
0: you know, I know you and come do it. Is there anything that surprised you about, about the role? I mean, obviously I guess you didn't know what to expect, but you know, kind of something that, that you didn't expect or that you'd feel like you've gotten to know Lynn and his family on a, on a different level.
1: Um, I really loved being able to collaborate with Lynn professionally in this way. Um, you know, because we basically spent the time between college and now as just friends. And I just got to be a fan of his work. There was no I, I wasn't I wasn't collaborating with him in that way, which made sense because of my that wasn't my skill set. And now being able to bring sort of this my superpower, this like project management superpower to his world and collaborate with him and sort of meet him. And, and the family and their ideas, it's really exciting, but it's also really cool to see him in his thought process in a way that I don't, I, I think he, he did it in college, but I don't remember it. So seeing how he thinks about projects so thoughtfully and deeply is, is, has been very special, especially in this time when the whole world is has fallen in love with his, his work
0: And so, and how does he think about projects?
1: I think I mentioned before, you know, he's incredibly collaborative. So he'll bring something, a draft of something to his collaborators and say, like, and and work on it. And often the best idea wins, whether it's his or not.
0: But there's, there's kind of a backstory here, right? Because you, you were, you met him at Wesleyan, right? Yeah, so, yeah. And, and then tell, tell me a little bit about uh, what that collaboration was like.
1: So we met our freshman year in college on a play. He was in it and I was the choreographer. We immediately bonded and we ended up living next to each other sophomore year and with each other junior and senior year, and then moving to New York city after that for the first two or three years out of college. So have had a very long and deep relationship. I worked on a couple of his shows in college and that felt really, really good. It was so much fun to collaborate with him.
0: So in a way, I'm
1: collaborating with him again in this role.
0: So tell the story of how you ended up doing the choreography on in the heights because you had, you mentioned when we when we last spoke that you know it was frequent that people would ask you to be a choreographer for their show and people would usually basically do the equivalent of a of a cover they would do someone else's musical and then you would do the choreography but this was different right what what was that yeah
1: like? so at that point it was a sophomore year and we were we were living next to each other and, and working on different stuff together and he said to me I want to write this musical? And would you choreograph it? And I didn't have to think twice. I mean, yeah, that sounds like fun. And um, we, so we got a spot in spring and we were actually sharing the space um, with a dance performance. So we would, there would be a double, it would be, I think, I can't remember if we were first or they were first in the night for a week, a long weekend. And um, he went home over Christmas break and like, I guess I'm going to start writing this show. And, uh, sent me a tape, a cassette tape in the mail. That's how old we are. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, with the music. And we came back to campus and did auditions and put on the show. And it was, uh, you know, one version of In the Heights, which later became a Broadway show. It has very little, um, similar, very few similarities, but, but certainly has a heart, uh, that is the same.
0: Hmm. It's really cool. How do you respond to, so you were talking about challenge, right? In the work, and it's not always easy. So how do you respond when you're faced with a challenge?
1: Um, on a micro level, I walk away from, for a second. I take a walk. I do some stretches. I ride a bike. I need to clear my mind. Um, sometimes it takes a couple days to figure out how to respond to a challenging person. <laughs> um and sometimes it takes coming to our team and saying, like, this is happening. I have maybe I have an idea of how to handle it, but what do you think? Um another thing that, you know, translates to our work in the on the team that Lynn Manuel does in his creative work is that the best idea wins. There's no ego. Or rather, mm-hmm. there probably is ego. There's very little ego that we put <laughs> out there. Everybody has ego, um, but, you know, what's the best idea? Best idea wins. I like this that. This is not about any individual.
0: All right, so now we're going to time travel and you visit your younger self. What advice do you give yourself?
1: Just keep doing things that are interesting to you. Pushing yourself to learn about anything and everything because it all kind of starts to be clear as you age and as you have more experiences that it all comes together.
0: Awesome. Sarah, Elisa Miller, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been a pleasure chatting with you and hearing your story. So thank you. Thanks, Jess. It was a pleasure. Thanks for listening to More Than a Fallback. Let's stay in touch. You can find me at morethanafallback.com. Please be sure to rate, subscribe, and review our podcast wherever you listen. Now, go use your superpower.